1: In the year of our Lord, 2023, this is hour two of two, and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country, and to do so on your radio in the traditions of our founders. We reject revolution, we stand for peaceful restoration, and we believe the checks and balance is one of the peaceful ways we can absolutely restore the country. Welcome to the broadcast. Last hour was an incredible hour. With Dr. Scott Bradley, it is Martin Luther King Day. we got to reject the lies. That's not even his real name. Uh, He was literally a criminal backed by communist money and an absolute pervert. FBI files now have revealed that he literally sat by and watched his friend, another pastor, rape a woman, and he just laughed. He had more than 40-plus affairs. We're telling lies about Martin Luther King, and sadly, we've replaced President's Day, George Washington's birthday, with this kind of... dereliction of understanding they claim that we can't peddle false news but wow boy howdy have they peddled the lies on this one with that lol nelson welcome back to liberty roundtable live campaign for liberty.org hello
2: sir good to be with you sam thanks for the uh the introduction great day today
1: what do you say man about these lies that we're telling about uh martin luther king
2: Well, I I know that you're not telling any lies about them, but I know the lamestream media sure is. And uh, I, like you, believe that it's a travesty to be celebrating, mm, you know, the life of Martin Luther King when we should be, instead celebrating, you know, our great president. Of course, even then, you know, it's not solutions uh, that we want. We want local solutions, not national-based solutions. So we, we really ought to be celebrating, you know, people like, Like you and Kurt, right? I mean, people that uh, provide an alternative media source of information, people who tell the truth, truth tellers, that's who we really ought to be celebrating this day, Sam.
1: That's what we're celebrating, and that's why we have my dear truth teller brother on the radio, Lowell Nelson of Campaign for Liberty Dot org, ladies and gentlemen. And many's got some incredible topics to discuss today. Let's start with Trump's tax returns. They show the evil of income tax. Ron Paul with another incredible column, sir.
2: A great column. It was posted at the Campaign for Liberty website just last week. It describes the evils of the income tax. He mentions that the final act of the Democrat majority on the House Ways and Means Committee was to make public several years of Donald Trump's tax returns. <clears throat> this disclosure confirmed that, quote, despite being one of the richest people in America, Donald Trump paid very little in federal income tax, end quote. Well, it turns out that in fact, one year he paid less than a thousand bucks. Now, um, are, are you a person, are, are you mad or are you glad that Donald Trump minimized his tax Liability. I mean, that's the question we should ask ourselves. And I really hope that you're glad. I mean, I'd be glad, Sam, if everyone minimized their tax liability, and especially if they could minimize it to zero. That would really make me happy. Now, now some people mistakenly believe that the IRS mainly audits rich tax cheats. But that's not the case. According to data released by the Syracuse University Transactional Records Clearinghouse, in 2022, lower-income taxpayers were five-and-a-half times more likely than millionaires and billionaires to be audited. <clears throat> Why? Well, because low-income taxpayers don't have enough money to afford the accountants and tax attorneys and so forth to fight the IRS. So you know, taking their licks is economically more advantageous than, than fighting the IRS. In fact, or they sometimes,
1: even if it's not more advantageous, the fact is they don't have a choice.
2: Yeah. In fact, this reminds me of the, the targets of civil asset confiscation. You know, most confiscations um, are of the amount under $1,300. Now, why is that? Well, because most people don't have the money or they don't want to spend the thousands of dollars required to prevent the confiscation of just 1300 bucks or some lesser amount. And so they just make the economic decision, well, I'll let go of this 1300 bucks because I don't want to spend $13,000 trying to defend 1300 And so that's why so many confiscations are these small amounts. Well, IRS does the same thing. You know, you're a small guy, small fish in a big pond, and that you know, they're coming after you because they know you're not going to fight them. It's sad but true. Well, back to the evil income tax, Sam. House Republicans, they wanted to fund the 87,000 new IRS agents, but Biden said he would veto such a bill, so you can expect more agents and more audits than ever before. And he, at this point, Dr. Ron Paul raises a very good philosophical issue. He writes that proponents of a flat tax or a national sales tax argue that rich people would have to pay their fair share of taxes, you know, under such a plan, you know, with a flat tax. But saying we must all pay our fair share of taxes assumes that we have a moral obligation to the government that can only be fulfilled by turning over as much of our income as our so-called public servants demand. But this is not the case. You know, Dr. Paul then writes this truth, quote, individuals have a moral duty to support their families and to support private charities if they wish. They do not have a moral duty to support the government. End quote. So, Sam, let me ask you this question now. Do you and I, do we have a moral duty to support the government, the general government, state government, county government, city government? I mean, when I say the government, it could be any level, but do you and I have a moral duty to support the government at some level?
1: I would answer in a nuanced way. In general, I agree with Ron Paul because the IRS and the extraction of money by force as they're doing is unconstitutional and criminal by nature. All right, it, the idea it's rooted in the idea that government has the first claim on our income, which I believe is repugnant to a free society. But I would go back to Bastier's the law for the guidance and I would say if government obeys its proper minimal checks and balanced role and acts defensively, not offensively, and lives within its scope and obtains taxes in the proper way, then there's no need for us to be in a position where we're forced to pay the government money. Let me give you an example. If we have apportionment taxes at the state level, and then those taxes are sent downwards to the general government, remember the state's created the government. It's not uh, up to the government, it's down, so the states sent money down to the government from apportionment taxes, and then the general government derived its money from tariffs and excise taxes uh, at the borders, there would not be a burden on the American people. Uh, so I do believe that the government, in its proper role, has a, a an opportunity to receive just legitimate funding, but not directly and not to the people. And our obligation is first to God in tithing, not to government in any way, shape, or form. So I agree with Ron Paul 100%, but I put that educational understanding in place so people get the idea. Look, government has a legitimate need for appropriate funding, but that is not direct, that is not on the people, that does not conflict with or compete with God or your family. Remember, it's God, family, country, not the other way around. So I agree with Doctor Brad or with uh, Doctor Ron Paul, and I simply say this: the income tax must be repealed. It's criminal. It's one of the communism taxes. It's the communist manifesto, folks. It isn't America the way our founders envisioned or designed at all. And Bastiat's "The Law" lays out that balance perfectly.
2: Lol. Well said, Sam, and I agree with you. I, I agree with your nuanced answer. And, uh, you know, Dr. Paul concludes his column with this uh, quote here, quote, The income tax must also be repealed because the force of the IRS, along with the fraud of the Federal Reserve, is one of the two foundations of the welfare warfare state that erodes our liberty and prosperity. The only way to avoid 1984 is to repeal 1913, end of quote. I like that last sentence. And I I ask?
1: could not agree
2: more. <laughs> the only way to avoid 1984, and he's referring there, of course, to George Orwell's book, 1984, says the only way to avoid 1984, which is a complete uh, totalitarian surveillance state, which we're approaching very fast. Anyway, the, and we'll get to that later on in the broadcast, but the only way to avoid 1984 is to repeal 1913. Of course, that refers to the introduction of uh, the Federal Reserve, uh, of the income tax, and the 17th Amendment when states lost their representation in the Senate. So, very interesting, Sam.
1: In my opinion, Dr. Ron Paul, absolutely on fire with solutions. And the reason that Lowell and I bring this incredible article from Dr. Ron Paul up is because... This is Solutions Radio, ladies and gentlemen. You know what? I don't like to just complain about the problems. I like to provide solutions, and that's why I back Campaign for Liberty so wholeheartedly because they are a solutions-oriented organization. To learn more, to get involved, campaignforliberty.org, ronpaulinstitute.org. Just tremendous, tremendous work by Ron Paul on all of his columns, but particularly uh, this one as we get ready this new year to approach it's two things one tax abuse day april 15th and then tax freedom day which is sometime in june where we have to fight and pay the government the first half of the whole year it's all criminal and needs to stop we absolutely need to abolish the irs and the federal reserve boy dr paul's right All right, Lowell Nelson in seconds. We got more. Hang tight on Liberty Roundtable Live.
3: just like a credit card, or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org.
1: All right. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, another incredible column written by Julie Kelly. This one Uh, is relevant, especially when the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, claims he's going to release all 14,000 hours of video so we can get to the truth. I pray that there's not a nuanced manipulation to that. I pray that uh, Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans truly do as they promise, because if they do, we are in for a shock, lull.
2: That's right, Sam. Uh, Her article, Julie Kelly's article, was posted at ronpaulinstitute.org on Saturday just two days ago, which is where I saw it. Now, hiding this video footage, this 14,000 hours of surveillance video, uh, hiding all of that has helped to conceal the identities of the real agitators on January 6th. I mean, you and I both know, Sam, and people who were there, they know that the 99% of the people there were peace-loving um, uh, election integrity advocates there to... Uh, protest the um, the stolen election, basically. Yeah, they and, were
1: patriots in the truest sense of the word. God, family, and country brought them there in a peaceful way to encourage uh-huh. for the proper role of limited government with its checks and balances to work properly. Lowell,
2: yes, and and then the, the 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 dark side they sprinkled in among the crowd uh, agitators uh, and, and you know to cause conflict and to to lead people down a, a primrose path to uh, to destruction, basically, and, and we'll, we'll get to that. But but what what hit us like a bombshell last week, folks, was jaw-dropping testimony during the Richard Barnett trial. <clears throat> now, Richard Barnett, I, b- I believe he's from Montana, and he's on trial. And here it is, two years later, after the incident, he's finally on trial. And I, I think in, that in and it of itself is a travesty, Sam. I mean, we have a right to a speedy trial. And and two years later, in my opinion, that is not a speedy trial. And, and he's one of the first. Well, not one of the first, but, I mean, there's still hundreds of people in prison waiting uh, due process. So anyway, the government finally has him on trial. And by the government's own witnesses, um, this jaw-dropping testimony by the government's own witnesses, they frankly admitted and confirmed under cross-examination by the defense that agents provocateurs were heavily involved in instigating the events of January 6. Now, I, I want to disclose here a snippet of testimony. This testimony came, or came, yeah, came was given by Captain Carnesia Mendoza. Okay, remember that name, Mendoza, Captain Mendoza. He was a he was a tactical commander for the U.S. Capitol Police at the time. So two years ago, basically, during the January 6th of 2021, tactical tactical commander for U.S. Capitol Police, he's on the stand last week being cross-examined by the defense attorney. He testified last Wednesday how a group of agitators destroyed security barriers and lured people to Capitol grounds that afternoon. So here's the question. Here's, Here's right from the transcript of the trial itself. Defense counsel Brad Geyer, or Geyer, let's call him Geyer, Brad Geyer. Uh, he's the defense counsel. He asks the question Isn't it true that you had a lot of people, a large quantity of people, walking down two streets that dead ended at the Capitol? Mendoza replied, Yes, sir. <clears throat> Geyer then asks, And would it be fair to say that at least at some of the leading edges of that crowd, they contained bad people? or provocateurs, is that fair? Mendoza replied, it's fair. Geyer asked, dangerous people? Mendoza, remember Mendoza, he's the, the captain, the police of, of the U.S. Capitol Police, right? He replied, yes, to the question, dangerous people. He replied, yes. Geyer then asked, violent people? Mendoza said, yes. Geyer asked, highly trained violent people? Mendoza said, yes. And then Geyer asks, highly trained violent people who work and coordinate together? And Mendoza replied, yes. Wow. It was a stunning admission, writes Julie Kelly, quote, representing the first time a top law enforcement official stated under oath, to her knowledge anyway, that a coordinated, experienced group of agitators engaged in much of the mischief early that day. Under further questioning, Mendoza acknowledged those same individuals pushed through barriers, removed barriers, threw barriers over the side, removed fencing, and eased the flow of people into places where they should not be." End of quote. Wow, this is bombshell, Sam. This happened around 1 p.m. The same time the joint session of Congress convened. Well, well, first, yeah, I, I want to get to that point in just a minute. But before I leave the bombshell, you know, I want to give you a chance to comment about it. I mean, I have not heard any testimony from, and and this came from a government witness, right? The government put him on the stand to testify about the, you know, the mischief caused at the Capitol. But then upon cross examination, he admitted that most of the mischief was done by agents provocateurs, Sam.
1: My response is there's no question the truth is coming out, and that's why these 14,000 hours of video will be so pivotal, so vital, so important. We gained a lot of knowledge about this truth from Revolver magazine uh, and from the Gateway Pundit reporting on these things where they document in video Ray Epps, uh, and others leading that provocateur agenda and movement. Ray Epps runs free while good, honest people are in prison. And I'll give you an example. If you watch the Epic Times uh, movie, The Other Side of the nine eleven or The Other Side of the January 6th story, the government was literally attacking the citizens as if mm-hmm. it was a war. Uh, the government was literally, okay, my friend Victoria who was on the radio with me the day after January 6th. She couldn't come on the radio with me in the middle of it because all the cell phones were blocked and shut down. She tried. But she was on the next day, and she was forced into the Capitol, and she got arrested. Uh, And she's in that movie from the Epic Times, and she documents what kind of liars these people are. Look, I had several people come on the radio and testify from the inside. She didn't go into the Capitol willingly folks. She was on the outside and she was shoved, pushed into the Capitol. She was trying to stop the provocateurs and she witnesses and testifies firsthand that she, Ashley Babbitt, and others were doing their very best to stop the provocateurs who were pretending they were Donald Trump supporters. And the supporters would see these provocateurs and say, hey, whoa, you can't do that. Stop. Hold on. Quit. And these people testify to this, folks. But now all the good guys are in prison. We have documented evidence on video that the Oath Keepers literally went into the building because they were asked to, by some cops, and they then brought out police officers to safety. They used a military formation to get past the crowd, go in, help these police officers, rescue them to safety. It's documented. Well, the government shows them on the steps as if they were going in in a military uh, fashion or it was stack formation. So the government makes you believe that they went in with an ill intent. They don't tell the rest of the story, which is on video. Folks, the Epic Times movie documents this, the Revolver magazine. And so this from the inside, from a government employee witness, Mendoza, under questioning, highlights facts. And we're going to have more and more and more evidence come out if McCarthy and Company. Truly play ball, not manipulate, but truly release this information. The government might completely get exposed over this and the truth might come out. But when we know the FBI and the CIA is manipulating everything we see and hear now, wow, folks, the government tried to bury this 14,000 hours of video. So Julie Kelly is one of the premier reporters on this and she's spot on, folks.
2: Low? Absolutely right, Sam. She then makes the point that this happened around 1 p.m., this meaning the, um, you know, discarding the barriers, uh, throwing away the barriers, inviting people into the Capitol. And this happened around 1 p.m., <clears throat> and, and this is the same time that the Joint Session of Congress convened to debate the results of the 2020 presidential election. And so you have to ask yourself, why did they do this? Why did they... Why did the, uh, uh, Why did these individuals, these provocateurs, uh, basically rush the Capitol and and, and, and bring in, you know, uh, scores of people into the Capitol at 1 p.m.? The very same time the Joint Session of Congress convened, well, I think they did it because they didn't want Congress to discuss the evidence of election fraud set forth by about 100 members of Congress. I mean, they were there. You know, there were about 100 members of Congress, dozens anyway, prepared to discuss evidence of election fraud in various states. There were at least six battleground states that they were going to discuss that evidence, but they didn't get to. Why? Because of this so-called insurrection that was staged by these agents provocateurs. Sam? All right, back
1: with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman, Lowell Nelson, truth tellers. Along with Julie Kelly on your radio.
0: Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio.
4: USA News, I'm Lance Pry. New York City Mayor Eric Adams on Sunday called on the federal government to address the crisis at the U.S.-Mexico border that is overwhelming city officials throughout America. Our cities are being undermined, and we don't deserve this. Migrants don't deserve this, and the people who live in the cities don't deserve this. The Democrat mayor was in El Paso this weekend to survey the border and meet with his counterparts to discuss how the crisis is impacting the community. We expect more from our national leaders to address this issue in a real way. The debt limit for America will be front and center moving forward as the national debt, now at nearly $31.5 trillion, has grown exponentially over the last few years.
5: According to most analysts, August is the true deadline by which Congress needs to act on a budget and the debt limit. Republicans are going to have to work with each other. A budget resolution due in early spring is expected to lay out a plan to get back to budget surpluses in 10 years. That could come with cuts to social programs and defense spending that some Republicans oppose. Democrats say they refuse to negotiate altogether. If nothing's worked out, Treasury could be forced to live hand-to-mouth through a series of interim debt ceiling increases for weeks or months. I'm John Schaefer.
4: House Republicans are seeking two years of visitor's log from President Biden's Delaware home as part of a push for more details about top-secret documents that were found in Mr. Biden's home and a Washington, D.C. office. House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer, the Republican from Kentucky, wrote White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain a letter on Sunday, quote, given the serious national security implications, the White House must provide the Wilmington residence's visitor's log, end quote. Wild card playoffs in the National Football League wraps up tonight as Dallas travels to Tampa Bay, Florida, 815 Eastern is kickoff. This is USA News.
0: Nothing fights the winter blues like a delicious and satisfying meal. Luckily, Omaha Steaks makes it easy to start the year right and keep that warm and cozy feeling going all winter long. Right now is the perfect time to stock up and fill your freezer with flavor. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code TREAT at checkout and get $30 off your order. Save on perfectly portioned favorites, easy meals, and so much more with Omaha Steaks Freezer Filler Sale. That's $30 off an endless variety of gourmet choices from incredible steaks, premium chicken, delicious pork to seafood. There's something for everyone, and every bite is backed by their 100% money-back guarantee. Visit OmahaSteaks.com today. Enter TREAT at checkout to get $30 off your order. Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the very best. Visit OmahaSteaks.com. Use promo code TREAT at checkout to get that extra $30 off your order. Minimum order may be required.
2: Welcome back, folks, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live here on the internet, and um, your host is uh, Sam Bushman. My name is Lowell Nelson. I am his guest Monday morning from nine to ten o'clock. And more I'm- like a co-host, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm with <laughs> you, Lowell. I so very much appreciate the opportunity to bring this important information to you. And I scour. Uh, two or three websites for campaignforliberty.org. I, I, I also look at Ron Paul Institute.org And then finally, rockwell.com Those are the, the three sites that I really like to scour. And I pick up the stories which I think are the most important for us to, to discuss and highlight on a Monday morning. And then this next story comes from Rockwell.com It's an article by Dr. Joseph Sansoni posted on rockwell.com just on Saturday. It was entitled, Florida should threaten to leave the United States if the WHO treaty is signed. And I've renamed that uh, title to be states, <laughs> not just Florida, states in general should threaten to leave the U.S. if the WHO treaty is signed. Now, what is this WHO treaty? Well, it's the World Health Organization Treaty. Well, basically, that would mandate vaccines for everybody on the planet, and it would require vaccine passports. So You couldn't travel without a passport proving that you had received the vaccine. I mean, there's a bunch of garbage in this treaty, but it's from the World Health Organization. They want to impose this on every, well, every country on the planet, basically. But the Biden administration is thinking about, uh, you know, agreeing with this treaty. And see, that's the danger. And they're in February, not this month, but next month, the, the Biden administration is going to be considering this treaty and if they sign the treaty, uh, it, it's bad news, folks, because, you know, one of, the, one of the problems with this treaty is that it would go into effect immediately without any ratification by the U.S. Senate. And, in fact, the treaty itself is not aligned with the Constitution at all, which makes it null and void anyway. But if the, uh, the Senate doesn't ratify it, then, of course, it's null and void. But who knows in the fog of war what will happen, right? I mean, if the Biden administration says we signed the treaty and now everybody has to follow it, then there will be a bunch of people in various states around the country that will go ahead and, you know, start imposing this, this, um, you know, the, the the elements of this treaty on the this sovereign. Uh, hold residents. on,
1: lol, this sovereignty violating yeah. international by force cabal, folks,
2: Lol. That's right. And and they'll start to enforce this treaty on the residents of of their state. And so that's why this is is such an important issue. I mean, most states um, are, you know, they're gearing up for a legislative session, you know, just like Utah. ours start's tomorrow. And um, they're, you know, most states, they'll have a session that might go 30 days, 45 days, 60 days. Some states go all year round, but, you know, it's gearing up. And so this is the the time, folks, when you need to be in touch with your legislator, and you need to make sure they know you do not want them to, to participate in this Great Reset. Now, Dr. Sansoni, he writes that today's politicians, quote, pretend not to know that an international criminal class in collusion uh, with the Department of Defense and the intelligence community is using biological weapons in the form of COVID-19 and COVID-19 injections against the human population, end quote. And so Dr. Sansoni suggests that if your state legislators do not openly oppose the Great Reset, then they are part of the problem. He writes this, he says, quote, The proposed WHO treaty is seeking to bypass Senate ratification and is written in a way that it will take effect immediately upon the biden administration's delegation signing onto the treaty this treaty will give who the world health organization power over your medical decisions and over society as a whole i have argued that it is a race to indict before the treaty is signed and so he basically dr santoni he lives in florida apparently and he wants the florida legislature and governor to pass a bill that Says we are not going along with this uh, we're, this treaty by the World Health Organization, and if the Biden administration signs it, then Florida will secede from the union, basically leave the union. You know, if that, if the Biden administration signs that treaty, very interesting. Now here in Utah, we commence our 45-day legislative session tomorrow. And one of the bills the legislature will consider is HB 131, Vaccine Passport Prohibition, sponsored by the courageous Walt Brooks. So if you live in Utah, people, please encourage your legislator to support this bill, HB 131, Vaccine Passport Prohibition. Obviously, you know, a a treaty by the World Health Organization would not be the supreme law of the land because it is not made in pursuance of the Constitution. In fact, it diametrically opposes the the Constitution, and therefore it's null and void. But, folks, in the fog of war, meaning the propaganda battles that will rage if the Biden administration signs this treaty, the World Health Organization would assert their sovereignty over us. And there will be willing sheeple in public office that will go along with the madness enforcing the mandate. So, in my opinion, Sam, Dr. Sansoni gets this right. The WHO Treaty is not legitimate, even if it was ratified by the Senate, because it's diametrically opposed to the Bill of Rights and to the Constitution. See, the natural right to medical freedom and other rights not listed in the Bill of Rights are protected by the Ninth Amendment. These natural rights, natural rights exist outside the jurisdiction of all government Writes Dr. Sansoni, the United States Senate does not have the jurisdiction, even via a treaty, to nullify the Bill of Rights, end quote. And so he suggests that DeSantis, Governors DeSantis and the Florida legislature approve a law nullifying any such treaty in their state, threaten to leave the union if such a treaty is signed. He encourages other states to do likewise. And his last quote here, quote, it must be made clear that adopting a treasonous treaty that violates the individual rights of citizens will have repercussions, end of quote. So, Sam, this is a good article. He brings to light a very important, um, you know, development. Uh, If the Biden administration actually considers and actually signs this treaty, then states we need to be prepared to reject it, to nullify it, to not enforce it. That's what states need to be doing. We need to have the courage, the backbone to to do that and, uh, you know, and and just not go along with it, despite what the Biden administration does on this point. Sam?
1: I agree 100 percent with you and Dr. Sonsoni on this, where, you know what, this is treason. Uh, It would be a violation of one's oath of office to ratify in the Senate and or uh, sign the bill. And all that do so should be removed from office. Uh, for violating their oath of office and a dereliction of duty, uh, literally violating the sovereignty of the supreme law of the land of the United States, the very document that they swore to uphold when they were sworn in. Uh, They need to protect America from enemies, foreign and domestic. This is a domestic and foreign enemy. Why do I say both? Because uh, there are people advocating for it inside and outside the country. But it's a global cabal that violates our sovereignty, that stands against the Constitution. If a, if a treaty is pursuant to the Constitution, meaning that it, that it helps us internationally support our own sovereignty, uh, but yet encourages the world to have sovereignty of their own and provide freedom to their people as well, then fine. But in this case, it does no such thing. It's treasonous activity. Uh, the Where I hesitate a little bit is suggesting that we would secede from the union. I don't believe that to be the right remedy. I believe prosecution of these criminals is the right remedy. I believe the American people to literally vote, everyone who voted for this or or voted to ratify, whatever you want to call it, or who signed it, should be literally uh, removed from office. I believe there's a lot of remedies we can take. I just don't think secession makes the problem go away, and I don't think it makes it better. Uh, If we're not very careful, we'll end up with a worse situation. The same issue with the ConCon. I don't believe we have the right people. Even Glenn Beck finally realized that ConCon was foolish. Uh, he backed away from a con con and decided he's not for it anymore because look, we don't have the, the education in the people. We don't have good, honest patriots who have God, family and country, uh, in mind, uh, anymore in America, at least not on the national stage. And to prove the point, I say, who would you vote for, for president? You know, who would you put up as a name to run for president? or who would you put up as a name to lead the Speaker of the House, etc.? Nobody has a good answer for me, which proves my point that you know what? We don't have the people in place that have the uh, intestinal fortitude, the moral compass uh, and the guts and the integrity, the statesmanship to lead and to stand on principle based on the rule of law and their oath of office and on their uh, commitment to God, family and country and to we the people. So I understand the point and I agree that it would be criminal and it needs to be stopped. There's a lot of better remedies than secession, a lot of better remedies than an Article 5 convention. Uh, So, when we get back, we'll have um, Lowell Nelson respond to that. Then, we got a final, literally horrifying story for you. We'll talk about it in seconds. They've got plans for us, folks. We better not let the secret combinations get above us. I can say that. Lowell Nelson, Sam Bushman, continue in seconds on your radio.
5: The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present day church, rather it is for the end time church, the body of the line of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries.
6: Why don't we say to the government writ large, that they have to spend a little bit less. Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better having a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's gonna do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body
2: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to Liberty Roundtable Live right here. Well, my name is Lowell Nelson. I'm with Sam Bushman this morning. And we uh, uh, were just talking about this um, this idea from Dr. Sansoni that um, Florida and all legislatures ought to repudiate or to nullify the uh, the World Health Organization treaty that would impose vaccine mandates. And vaccine passports on the people, if it were approved. So the Biden administration has been to consider this in February. And uh, Sam made the point before the break that secession is not the best solution, and I agree. I believe that nullification is the rightful remedy. That's what uh, Madison described in Federalist Number 44. Nullification is the rightful remedy to curb or curtail the power, the overreach of the general government. And, and prosecution absolutely.
1: of the criminals that violate this in
2: the first place. Ah, yes, absolutely. And, um, and, and so, you know, some people, they misunderstand this Article 6 of the Constitution because, you know, the, the Constitution says that laws of the United States um, shall be the supreme law of the land. They leave out an important uh, clause of this Article 6 statement of the U.S. Constitution. What it says is, this Constitution and the laws of the United States, which shall be made in pursuance thereof, right? So the laws, only the laws made in pursuance of the Constitution shall be the supreme law of the land, right? And all treaties made and, uh, shall be the supreme law of the land. Now, a lot of people will parse that and they'll say, well, if, the, if, the, if we make a treaty That'll be the supreme law of the land, regardless of the Constitution. But that's not true. That's not the case. That's not what the founders intended. The, you, the only way to amend the Constitution, that's specified in Article 5. There's only two ways to amend it, and uh, you know, ratifying a treaty is not one of those ways. Therefore, ratification of a treaty is, is not... A, you, cannot rati- you cannot amend the Constitution by ratifying a treaty. I'm going to give you a quick
1: comparison, uh, Lowell, to make the point. In the state of Illinois right now, they're trying to ban these um, guns, and they call them assault weapons, which is a lie in the first place. But the governor is doing this. uh, by He signed it into law. He's threatening all law enforcement that if they don't go along, they'll be fired. 74 sheriffs now in the state of Illinois are standing against the governor on this. But I I maintain to the governor, whether it's downstream, Uh, Let me say it differently. Whether it's upstream from the government to the states. Remember, the states are above the general government. They created the general government, folks. The tail doesn't wag the dog. The general government's not above the states. The states are above the general government. So um, the states don't have authority, though, to violate the dual sovereignty of the general government. Neither does a treaty. So whether it goes into the country or external, in other words, foreign or domestic, the same reality is the same. That law is supreme. And any law that contradicts that law is null and void on its face. If you don't like that, you have the ability to modify the Constitution, to change it, to amend it. But as Lowell Nelson wisely pointed out, there's only two ways to do that. And making a law at the state level and or at the international level, or a rule or a guideline or a treaty or whatever word you want to call it, an agreement, a resolution, none of that changes the reality of the supreme law is Supreme law.
2: Absolutely right, Sam. Well put. Um, I encourage people to, to visit lourockwell.com. You can read the article in its entirety and a boatload of other great articles that uh, could be very interesting to you. But we need to turn down turn now to 15-minute cities and the right to travel, Sam. Alexandra Bruce wrote an article posted at lourockwell.com two weeks ago about 15-minute cities. Now, some of you may have heard about 15-Minute Cities, you know, but last week was the very first time I had ever heard about it, and I consider myself fairly well in the know because I watched Amen. it. Amen, and
1: I got educated <laughs> on it from you, Lowell, and bringing that article to my attention.
2: Holy cow. Well, 15-Minute Cities, um, you need to put them on your radar now because they are uh, the next big thing, according to the World Economic Forum, and if, uh, you know, if the Great Reset has its way, then you will become a member of a 15-minute of a city. <laughs> it's the Great Reset's trendy new name for what we call open-air prison camps. <laughs> so the idea, according to Alexander Bruce, who, who wrote this article, he says this, the idea is to corral everyone into neighborhoods small enough to walk from one end to the other in 15 minutes everything you need within a half-mile radius so you'll never, ever have to leave. The perpetrators of this outrageous plan, he writes, are marketing it with a gentle tone, telling you that you will eat healthy, stay active, get around and enjoy the outdoors in your tiny little open-air prison camp. These organizations are telling you that there isn't enough room for you because you are the reason that Mother Earth is sick. He's still, I'm still quoting him. He writes, this is the subtext convincing people to not have children and persuading them to castrate the ones they have, end quote. This is startling. It's astonishing. It is, wow, just over the top, Sam. So last week, after I read this piece about 15-Minute Cities, I also watched a short video uh, by Katie Hopkins. Uh, she lives over in the U.K., Uh, And he made this video because the city, the Oxford Council, the city of Oxford there in the UK, the Oxford Council recently approved an ordinance that implements six zones into which Oxford has been divided. See, they are they have implemented 15 minute cities right there in the city of Oxford. So, you know, don't say this is just a pipe dream. Somebody dreaming up this, you know, George Soros or what's his name or the World Economic Forum is dreaming this up. This is taking place in the Oxford city. In fact, Paris, France last year announced that they were doing it. And now Oxford city of Oxford is, has done it. And, and so she says this plan This is Katie Allen talking. She says this plan is supposed to save the planet. Now Katie is exposing this plan. She's not for it. She's exposing it. And, and she says this would be implemented with electronic fences and license plate and facial recognition. Now, you can obtain a permit to visit another zone in the city of Oxford. There are six zones, remember. You live in one zone, and you would have to drive out of your zone. You have to go to the outer perimeter of the city and then drive around the perimeter and enter the zone of the people you want to visit. You know, enter the zone that contains your destination. So if you travel through an electronic fence, or if you depart your zone of the city without permission, you will be fined and or penalized in some other way, such as with a reduction of your social credit score. Right? So you might be fined 100 bucks if you drive through an electronic fence. Now, this is called geofencing. We're talking about geographically fencing a portion of the city. So here you live in the city of Oxford in the UK you don't see any fences any gate that keeps you from driving across you know town you know through down the street across town but you have an electronic fence in the way and if you drive through that electronic fence license plate readers and surveillance footage will identify you as violating this zone and you will be fined and or penalized for crossing a geographic fence line electronic fence Now course the the promoters of this idea there they say it's a tremendous benefit to us useless eaters because everyone we everything we need you know meaning church school grocery stores clothing stores gymnasiums and so forth all of that will be within a 15 minute walk of your residence so 15 minute city sounds pretty good eh <laughs> now if they called it concentration camp you may not want to live there but boy if they call it a 15 minute city then you're going to want to live there sam you're you're going to be you're going to be you're going to own nothing and you're going to be happy sam what do you think of that
1: they're going to call it the un agenda 2030 we call it beware 15 minute cities are another globalist scheme ladies and gentlemen listen carefully the 15 minute city concept is crucial to the United Nations Agenda 2030 and their net zero green agenda. The World Economic Forum is also pushing this concept. This is dangerous. It sounds awesome on the surface that, you know what, it'd be great if I could just not have a car, if I could decrease my expenses. It's the tyranny uh, that surrounds these city planners that you got to be aware of. you got to go to your local city councils, go to your local county commission meetings, and you've got to fight against this and beware. It'll come in very politely. They'll come in trying to build consensus. They'll give you all the positives of this, but the negatives are evident. What we need to go back is to constitutional counties with a county sheriff with the true checks and balances that America is known for. If we want to do anything that could benefit any of us, it would be constitutional counties as opposed to 15-minute cities. Lowell?
2: Uh, well put. And you can think about the dangers of this very easily when you think about food. Just think about the water that you will need to drink and the food that you will need to eat if you live in a 15-minute city and you give up your car and you're not able to you know, grow your own food and you depend on the city to provide your water. Just think about where that puts you. What a precarious position that, you, that, that I put you in because you're now dependent on the government for your sustenance, for your food, for your water, for your very life. And if they can control your food and they can control your water, then you are a slave. You are just an abject slave to the government if you don't have control over your food and your water. We need to remember when warm. you have a
1: vehicle you have the chance to flee if you should lose that in your area you have the chance in America the right of travel to just literally go somewhere else that would be taken away from you Lowell
2: right and that's why I so appreciated your your guest last week Sam the fortitude Ranch talking about you know preparing for the worst but enjoying the present um, I'm gonna have a guest uh, on my show tomorrow um, where uh, he's going to talk about uh, private membership communities where people, Get together and they begin networking and you know build you know growing their own food and and exchanging uh, uh, food stuffs commodities and uh, you know preparing for having their own source of water and their own source of food growing their own food I mean we this is a fan, this is fantastic this this is the pushback we need and so if you have an opportunity to to look at the Fortitude Ranch and similar ideas please do so please you know put your Put your shoulder into that effort because you're going to need to be able to, eat, to, to grow your own food, maybe. We need to be more rural, not more urban. And, and just to put put icing on the cake here, Sam, I was talking to somebody last week who was talking about four cities in Utah. We have four zones, and they would move all people in Utah to these four zones, something like Weber, Salt Lake, Utah and when one other zone, and if you weren't in this zone, you'd be out of bounds, and you'd be forced off your property, off your rural property, into one of these four cities of Utah. That is truly scary, and we must resist. We can't let that happen here, folks.
1: you got to stand for liberty, ladies and gentlemen, and I agree. We're going to be talking a whole lot more about those kinds of um, plannings and opportunities. I I forget to mention often that Lowell Nelson, folks, is just a multi-talented he's a talk show host in his own right and he's on a local radio station here in utah called ktkk uh k talk is what it's nicknamed we're going to be putting his podcast uh the um archive of the show up on the loving liberty radio network and doing a whole lot more together so stay tuned for all that for Lil nelson and sam bushman you know we brought up a lot of scary stuff but if you turn to god almighty and you turn to your family ye shall have no fear We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Thanks, all.